Welcome, welcome everybody to the TF1 podcast. This is your humble and gracious host, Trey. We're at episode 16 of the Brazilian GP review. What a fantastic, I mean, there's not a whole lot of words to describe the kind of weekend as F1 fans that we've experienced. Um, There's highs, there's lows. There's accusations. Uh, Boy, there is a lot to cover for this weekend. In fact, a lot to cover even before the race. But it has been a treat. So let's get into the review of this Brazilian GP weekend. Let's go. Let's get right into it. So coming up to this weekend, as I mentioned in the previous podcast, of course, we are now kind of at a very critical point of the championship. We know what Red Bull did and Max Verstappen did in the last race in the Mexican GP. So Mercedes and Hamilton were coming to the race kind of, this is a juncture in the road. You know, this is an, an important part. So coming to this weekend also, a little bit of twist is, of course, we have the sprint, the sprint race on Saturday for this weekend for the Brazilian GP. So that is what we were facing coming in. Now, when we had free practice, uh, you can tell that the Mercedes under Bottas and Hamilton definitely had quite a bit of pace, uh, especially under Hamilton's hand. You can definitely see uh, that Mercedes definitely um, had quite a bit of pace under it. But, you know, sometimes Fridays are not the best example because sometimes the engines get turned uh, on to a different level on Saturdays. So you kind of didn't know, you know, if this was a case where Red Bull were going to come back on a Saturday and look strong. But you just knew that the initial signs were that Mercedes were really looking good. So with that being the backdrop, getting ready for sprint qualifying on Friday night, there seems to be some drama that is brewing. So you have several things that happen. Um, You have Red Bull representatives that have approached that had, excuse me, approached the FIA about specifically Lewis Hamilton's car and the DRS wing slot. Now, all these cars, meaning the F1 cars throughout the weekend, you know, there's very strict guidelines uh, as far as measurements of their front wings, their rear wings, the DRS, you know, all elements of the car. uh, There are very strict things that are looked at by the FIA. So it is usually referred to as scrutiny. And when they go through the scrutiny process, there's a person, a delegate from the FIA that looks at, like I said, different measurements of the cars. So on Friday, when they're going through the scrutiny, uh, what we call the scrutiny process, Lewis Hamilton's car is identified uh, specifically the DRS slot opening is identified to have been not in compliance with what they have going on. So in other words, 
uh, and bear with me just a little bit with the technical uh, terms and numbers here because that's how the FIA is. But so the DRS slot opening is uh, supposed to be a maximum of 85 millimeters. Okay, and keep in mind, guys, this is so detailed as far as the scrutinizing from the FIA. We are not even talking centimeters. We're not talking meters we are literally talking millimeters okay and so they went ahead identified Lewis Hamilton's car and said this needs to be uh this area needs to be examined more by the stewards they went ahead and referred that wing to the stewards uh, to see what kind of uh, what kind of measure, what kind of action they're gonna take. So this is Friday evening. Now, you know, of course, you're trying to get ready for an exciting race weekend, a pivotal race weekend, but you kind of have this in the backdrop of, you know, something that we did not expect as fans. Like I said, 85 millimeters is supposed to be the max. Um, they, the stewards did not make a decision. They did not make a return, a final decision on Friday. So it was said that team representatives from Mercedes are going to meet with the FI Saturday morning, and then they are going to make a determination from there. So you have that in the backdrop. And on top of that, if that wasn't enough drama for all of us, uh, even prior to the race on Sunday, Max uh, Verstappen, once the cars are uh, lined up, um, so let me back, let me rewind here. So on Saturday morning, shocking to pretty much all F1 fans, once they finished the, the, the FIA finished the meeting with team representatives, they go ahead and um, rule that they're going to disqualify Hamilton from the qualifying session, the sprint session, excuse me. So that means essentially that he is going to start from the back of the grid for sprint qualifying. Now, I really... Uh, I really have to break down and attack how unusual this is, okay? We really have to examine what is going on for the FIA to take this decision. And so how unusual this step is. Now, mind you, Lewis Hamilton, of course, is coming into this race with a big deficit as far as points. And when it comes to the rules and regulations, so... Usually, if the FIA, you know, finds uh, a certain part of your car, in this case, we're talking about the rear wing. If they find that there is some item in there that's non-compliance, meaning it is not going um, hand in hand with the regulations, as long as the FIA can properly determine that you didn't do anything with the intentions of cheating, with the intentions of deliberately um, deliberately hiding that matter, if it's a mechanical matter, they'll let you repair it. So it brings me to a point where uh, most of us 
in the F1 community and including Mercedes were not only shocked, but extremely annoyed because now Red Bull have been allowed to replace, they've been allowed to repair their wing for three consecutive races, not just one. We're not just talking about Brazil. You could include the Mexican GP before where they Red Bull actually had major issues with their rear wing. They had to do repairs on Saturday. In fact, the technical director, the chief technical director for Red Bull, which is Adrian Newey. So when it comes to uh, technical aspects of the car, there's no higher person um, to answer to than Adrian Newey. He mentioned that they had real concern. They may not, it may affect their qualifying. That's how, how much issues they had with their rear wing. So like I said, the Red Bull vehicle, the Red Bull race car has in three different consecutive prior races, they've been allowed to go ahead and make repairs when the cars are under the Park Ferme rule. All right. And what I mean by Park Ferme, just to break down uh, for those people that may not know what it is, there might be some people listening that are familiar, but when these race cars are under park Ferme rules, that means they are now in the status of the FIA where you, the teams cannot work on the vehicle. Under that condition, you cannot do any adjustments. Uh, the only thing you can do is you can do repairs on the cars that have been allowed by the FIA. So once the cars, the race cars are placed under park Ferme, Conditions that means they cannot be touched unless, again, you have specific permission from the FIA. So, uh, for example, a uh, driver may have damaged a certain part of the wing, a driver may have damaged, you know, any kind of certain component. So the team then goes to the FIA and says, hey, here's a list of things that we need approval from you for safety that we're going to change. And the FIA grants you um, that okay to go ahead and change those items under Park Ferme. So that has been granted to Red Bull, specifically in the in the rear wing area. That has been granted for three races. Now, when it comes to Hamilton's Mercedes car, the FIA themselves they've admitted there's nothing deliberate, and they've admitted that that uh, point difference, the millimeter difference that was in the DRS wing, that was caused by a problem or a fault. And it's a legal part. So what that means is it wasn't anything Mercedes did. It is just, you know, just like any item that we have, whether in our personal cars, whether in our home, it's a mechanical, um, it's a mechanical part. In mechanical parts, especially if you think about the speeds and the G-forces that, you know, race cars carry, Sometimes those mechanical parts can be affected. And the FIA have themselves come out and said that's exactly what happened to Hamilton's DRS slot. By the way, the DRS slot for Hamilton, I want you guys to understand it was in breach by 0.2 millimeters. I'll repeat that again. What caused Hamilton to be disqualified you know, in this pivotal championship, in this pivotal sprint race, what caused 
a disqualification, which I've never seen before, was the DRS slot being out of uh, compliance by 0.2 millimeters. Now, you know, this this just raises eyebrows. This makes people mad because if you've allowed one team, the Red Bull team, for three consecutive races, you've noticed an issue with their rear wing, they've been allowed to repair it. When it comes to Mercedes, you've noticed an issue. The DRS slot is off by 0.2 milliliters per the norm that you've extended to the other team, which is the Red Bull team, what Mercedes should have been told is, hey, okay, we've noticed this. We understand there's no, you know, bad intent behind it. Go ahead and repair it. Instead of doing that, they set up a whole new precedence and they go ahead and disqualify Hamilton. You know, it's, it's, I'm searching for the words, the correct words, and I, I want to make sure that I channel my disappointment in the FI in the, in the correct way. It's a travesty when you have a different set of rules you apply for one team, and then there's a completely different set of rules that you apply for another. It, it, it's a head scratch. It is shocking, and it's a travesty. And this is a sport that a lot of us love, millions of people love. And, you know, after this weekend, the FIA has to, they have to answer some serious questions on their decision-making process, because this is putting them in a very, very negative light. You know, we understand mistakes happen. We understand in any sport, there are referees, they're human beings. It's not robots that make a decision. So there's, there's space for error. Okay. All of us understand that that's not a foreign concept. All of us understand that the part we do not understand is in a pivotal championship. I, you know, I wouldn't even care if this championship is not close. You have an obligation to do the right thing. And to afford another team in Red Bull three consecutive repairs, but yet when the same thing is happening to another team in Mercedes, all of a sudden you have a brand new rule book. You have a brand new rule that you have not implemented on any other driver, any other team. This this thing that you've implemented is so brand new, it still has the plastic wraps on. You haven't even taken off the plastic wraps. That's how new and unprecedented it is to throw out the the qualifying uh, person because of an infraction that's of a mechanical problem. That's unheard of. So that was the backdrop, and I I don't mean to vent, guys. It's just. This was a pivotal, uh, excuse me, a pivotal thing that happened over the weekend that we cannot gloss over because if you're Mercedes, if you're Lewis Hamilton, this is devastating news to hear before spring qualifying. This is devastating because for many reasons, you're behind in the championship. You already in Hamilton, you're facing a grid penalty. And again, I mentioned those things, but none of those things 
should matter for the FI because at the end of the day, you have to do the correct job. Do your job correctly. It doesn't matter if it's McLaren. It doesn't matter if it's Ferrari. It doesn't matter if it's Mercedes. You have to apply the letter of the rule, the letter of the law. You have to apply that correctly. And when you don't, people are going to look at you a different way. And the FIA has to answer a lot of questions after this weekend. And I really hope all of us, including Mercedes, put their feet to the fire so that we can really ask them what's going on. Okay, so now we're on Saturday and the the sprint race happens and it was a fantastic performance by Valtteri Bottas to keep the number one position. But the story of the day is what an amazing, dedicated drive Lewis Hamilton from 20th in the back of the grid in 24 laps from 20th, Lewis Hamilton fights his way back all the way to end up finishing fifth. And when I tell you guys, again, I've always said this before in the podcast, you know, I salute greatness and I'm sure you guys do no matter what your team allegiance is you can be Alfa Romeo fan you can be a McLaren fan you can be Alpine you can be a Red Bull you can be Ferrari it doesn't matter pick a team but when you see great driving when you see a person who's determined that is what we all like that is why we watch racing that's why we love F1 and for Lewis Hamilton to fight his way back, he made some so many great moves, audacious moves. Whether you talk about the one that stands in my mind is the pass on Lando Norris was so aggressive. It was so measured and he made it stick. But he fought so many cars. This is Lewis Hamilton. And for him to end up fifth, it, it was just an amazing drive. And you got to give kudos to Botas too because... He had a great start. He was not pressured by Max. So the sprint race had some interesting outcomes. You saw the Ferrari cars um, who yet again, once again, even before we get into the race, they also did a number of McLaren. And so they were ahead of those guys. So that sprint racing was really, really entertaining. And to be honest, that the, the, on the Sao Paulo track in Brazil, the sprint race did exactly what it needed to do. And I think the spice that was missing was, of course, you had Lewis Hamilton, an extremely, extremely scorchingly fast Mercedes um, provide us entertainment. It was it was an amazing sprint race. And for him to make the advances that he did in, in like I said, 24 laps. Uh, that that is just something to behold of. Okay, so that really was a, a great performance. So for the setup now on the race on Sunday, because he has changed the ICE part of his engine, that is Lewis Hamilton. You know, keep in mind he has the five uh, place grid penalty. So because of his result in sprint qualifying, he's starting from tenth on Sunday for the race okay so we have the race coming up but before i even go to a race we have another bizarre incident that happens i mean brazil was full of drama on and off the track field 
on and off the track field. So once sprint qualifying is over and the guys are, are parking their cars, the top three, you observe Max Verstappen get out of his car. And the first thing he does is he kind of looks and touches and inspects his own wing. Then, and this is, this is where it gets really bizarre, guys. Brace yourself. I hope you're sitting down somewhere. He then goes to Lewis Hamilton's Mercedes car and is now tampering and touching the rear wing. Now, for anybody watching F1, it is an absolute no-no as a driver. You cannot touch any part of the car. That, that causes huge uh, fines. It's just a no-no that you, you, know, you can see drivers maybe look at another competitor's cars to see you know, different body work, different things, but to actually touch by your own hands, that's something that a no-no. So Max Verstappen does that. Of course, later on in the afternoon, this video has circulated. So now Max is summoned um, to, to, the, uh, to the steward's office. And real quick, guys, let me make a correction. This is not actually after the sprint race. This is after practice is when Max Verstappen touches uh, the Mercedes car. So he's actually summoned to see the stewards on Saturday morning, which was the same time that the stewards were making a decision on uh, what penalty to uh, accord Lewis Hamilton. Okay, so yeah, I beg your pardon. That was Friday afternoon. And of course, the decision was made on Saturday morning that Max Verstappen will receive uh, a fine of 50,000 pounds for illegally touching another race driver's car. So that's the backdrop to the race. Again, you talk about drama. There's a lot going on. So once we start the race, um, you can see that even from 10th place, um, you know, Bottas had a little bit of a weak start. You, you can see Max Verstappen kind of bully his way up um, and kind of take that position. His move again was very curious because it aggressively pushed uh, around Botas. Uh, Lando Norris was also, you know, getting a real good jump and a real good start. But unfortunately, he coll not collides, but his tire uh, touches Sainz car in the Ferrari and that collusion causes him a flat tire. This is Lando Norris. So he did not have a start that he needed. But um, so at the front, Verstappen has kind of bullied himself up and kind of taken over the lead from uh, Botas. And like I said, there's an intense fight going on between the Fries and McLarens. Um, now this situation with Lando Norris put him all the way in the back. But you, you have the Charles Leclerc and Sainz Ferrari is kind of battling for position and looks like they have a good pace, okay? So Hamilton, the, the amazing thing is right from the beginning, you can see he started off exactly where he left off. He is making up places. He made up about two or three places right in the beginning laps, and he is systematically coming up and making moves. In fact, he worked his way up actually a lot faster than I thought he was going to be able to. And uh, so you had that quick kind of in success, uh, succession rise up the field. That was what Hamilton was doing. And so 
while that was going on, you had an occasion where a safety car had to come in because of the Sonoda uh, lost quite a quite a lot of body work. I believe he was he may have been battling one of the Austin Martins, and I I can't remember if it was Vettel or Stroll, but um, there was quite a bit of body work from Sonoda's car on the track. So. They had to call in a safety car. Of course, when they did, that was beneficial uh, to the Mercedes boys. That bunches everybody up. So you you had that was one safety car. But there's also a second safety car, and I believe that one was a, a VSC, a virtual safety car, that aided Bottas to go ahead and come in. And you can tell that Lewis Hamilton was really. Um, still progressing. The Ferraris were doing real good. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo was having a battle uh, with another driver. So you can just see systematically how the drivers were working their way up. Now, this is the point in the race where you're now seeing the, the Red Bull and the Mercedes strategy, you know, whether it's medium tires or hard tires, This is now the point in the race where you can win or you can lose depending on what kind of strategy you're going to employ. Okay, so the team, meaning Mercedes, decided to aggressively go ahead and uh, pit Hamilton for tires. And, you know, unlike the previous race in the Mexican GP, I think the strategy calls for Mercedes today were not only on point, but they were also aggressive. So in other words, they were not looking and seeing um, what kind of strategy Red Bull was going to, you know, uh, deploy and then follow them. Mercedes was just taking things into their own hand and saying, hey, listen, if we lose, we lose, but we're going to implement what we want to do. Okay, so. So as the strategy is playing out, you know, once Hamilton was called in, it was about two or three laps later, uh, Red Bull definitely called in Max because they wanted to cover and they wanted to give him some track space. So you kind of have this cat and mouse chess game that is now being deployed by the two teams because you have Perez out, you have Bottas out. So Mercedes go ahead and let Bottas Uh, drive more laps that is now giving him track position and that's moving him up and as you go down the track like I said there is this eminent battle between uh, McLaren and Ferrari and you can you know momentum wise uh, just getting away from the two guys at the front the two protagonists uh, momentum has been on Ferrari's side if you look at going back at least three races uh, McLaren has really kind of lost a little bit of their age, uh, the, the, their pace and their pay, uh, the, excuse me, their, their edge is what I was trying to say. They've really kind of lost that. And, um, you have to kind of come in because that is a really tight battle that's on fire right now in F1 outside of the, the top, uh, the top guys and the top teams at the front with Red Bull and Mercedes. This battle for third and constructors by Ferrari and McLaren has been a really interesting one to watch. And after the upgrade to their engine that the the red cars Ferrari have done, you can really see 
the momentum has shifted to Carlos Sainz and his teammate Charles Leclerc in Ferrari. So you saw the battle on the track today. And again, for the third time, um, the pace was with the Red Bulls. So uh, you see a little bit of struggle going on with McLaren, um, Norris, because of the early, the very, very early on lap one or lap two tire that he had to change. He's steadily now working himself, uh, working his way up. But, you know, of course, he's compromised. He had a great start, but he's compromised his race because of that puncher that he picked up. Okay, so. You have a little bit of battle there um, between the Alpine, Gasly and Ocon in the Alpine. They also had a really interesting battle, and you have to take a mention. You have to take a second, really, to mention Gasly. Gasly, between last race, this race, and actually, if you look at a snapshot of the entire year, uh, the job that Gasly has been doing, the speed that he's carrying in that AlphaTauri. Um, you cannot ignore that. You really have to give this young man uh, a lot of kudos because Gasly has been very, very confident. And in fact, a part of me sometimes thinks, you know, I wonder what the Red Bull, you know, the big team, the sister team, the head team, the Red Bull team thinks because, you know, Gasly is one of the most consistent guys you've had in the midfield. So, He's been really showing up, but just going back to the events of the race. So you are now seeing steadily Lewis Hamilton uh, work his way up. You see now with the strategy that is employed, he gets to a point now he is behind Perez. And of course, this is a critical moment because we have seen time and time again, you know, Perez plays defense hard. I mean, we're talking about... You know, these second drivers, they don't have a lot to lose in the main championship. So uh, he weaved and he hopped with with, Merce- with Mercedes and Hamilton with that straight line speed that they have an ad- advantage of. And so what happens is Lewis Hamilton makes a move stick and you thought, OK, job done. Now you can start pursuing Max. But next thing you know. Perez does an audacious move, comes back on Hamilton again and retakes that position. So that was a little bit of a nerve wracking moment right there. Bottas is is holding steady and you have Perez who's giving it all. He's not trying to relinquish that position. So he went ahead and overtook Hamilton again. So what Hamilton did was he had to emphatically go ahead and retake the position from Perez again. And of course, after that, it was lights out. Now, his priority, his target, uh, his his red beam is on that Max Verstappen car that's right ahead. So think about the progress here. We're talking about from position 10, you're fighting and battling and you've clawed your way back to you are now in the number two position you know, chasing down Max Verstappen. So, you know, there's not enough superlatives and and words that can be described with you being that tenacious and that talented to work your way up. So we have a moment now where Lewis Hamilton is putting in some fast laps. Uh, On the timing screens, you can tell, one, the determination he has, but two, 
you can just tell pace wise, you know, if you guys remember in the last podcast I mentioned, you know, there was no doubt the, the upper edge that the Red Bull car had on the track. Well, on this track, there was absolutely no doubt the pace differential that the Mercedes had. And especially on the straights, the Red Bull had no answer. They had no answer to the overall speed that Mercedes had. They were extremely fast. So uh, Lewis Hamilton is now kind of getting close behind the gearbox for Max Verstappen. Um, There's kind of a semi attempt he made, but he wasn't close enough. But at a certain point, he basically comes up to Max and he nearly makes the move stick. But then what happens is Max does this chop where he aggressively moves from one side of the track and literally, I mean, look at the replay, guys. Everybody has seen it, but if you need to watch it again in case you missed it, from one side of the track, once uh, Lewis Hamilton was about to make the overtake stick, uh, Max pushes him off the track, when I say off the track, I'm not talking about just one wheel, two wheel. I am talking about four wheels where his tires are dirty. He literally pushed him off track and rejoined the track again. And of course, gained an advantage. So Max, because of that, you know, I mean, for lack of a better word, what else can you say but a dirty move that was pulled by Max? You thought to yourself, okay, just like all of us that are watching at home, that was definitely a dirty move. So, you know, I'm sure the FIA stewards are going to be looking at it and more than likely what's going to come is a five second penalty because it was clear as day how much, you know, Lewis Hamilton was pushed off track. We're talking all four wheels, all four wheels dirty. And then they had to rejoin the track again and Max gained an advantage. He was ahead. So you heard, uh, excuse me, uh, radio message from the um, race engineer for Lewis Hamilton. Bono came in and said, hey, that move is under investigation. As the race continues, we then find out that the race stewards have ruled that there is no uh, action that is going to be taken regarding that. Guys, you cannot make this up. You really cannot make this up. So there is no action that is going to be taken on that move. So no penalty, no time penalty, no consequences, no actions. And, you know, I started off the podcast saying uh, how disappointing it was that we're all watching the FIA make a decision and they had a completely different set of parameters for one team and one person. And they had a completely different rule book interpretation for another between Red Bull and Mercedes. So they had that going on Friday evening, going on Saturday to go ahead and disqualify Lewis Hamilton from uh, the sprint race. So meaning essentially he started from the back. So you fast forward now and in, and again, I always say it doesn't matter to me which team you support, 
which, uh, you know, who's your allegiance with? That, that does not matter. I do not care about that. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. So a driver literally takes somebody off the track and had Lewis Hamilton not taking that evasive move, there would be a collusion. There'd be a crash. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. There's no ways around it. And the FIA decides they're not going to put down any punishment. It's, it is really unfathomable how ineffective, how biased, unfortunately, the FIA is going to, it has been this weekend. And, you know, Michael Massey, who's the director of the FIA, again, granted, keep in mind, guys, there are two bodies um, that exist in the FIA. So he's just a leader of the FIA, but the actual there's a decision uh, making body, which are the stewards that decide if there is going to be a penalty, if there's not going to be a penalty, uh, what kind of punishment is assessed like they did with the DRS wing for Lewis Hamilton. So they are the ones who are deciders, they are the stewards, but of course the head is Massey. And you just wonder to yourself, how can we witness and watch something as clear as day on TV, clear as day. It, I mean, I can understand if a move is ambiguous, if it's kind of 50-50 and it's, a, it's on the racing line. We all understand there's different things that happen. Not everything is straight cut in the middle. You know, there's different, you know, person can cause a collision. They can hit you from behind. We understand that there's different factors. But in my humble opinion, in this situation, it was as clear as day that Hamilton got pushed off and yet the FIA decided they're not going to take any amount of, of uh, decision or penalty for that. And so what, what kind of example, what kind of precedent is this setting that you have made as an organization to really huge errors this weekend? that can really tilt and affect the championship. What does that say about the FIA that they have done that? Well, I think they're really going to come under really heavy fire this weekend, to be honest with you. There's a lot of talk um, about both the decision-making processes they've taken. Uh, On the surface, it seems very, very... um, lopsided and favoring one team when rules are supposed to be uh, subjugated and applied evenly across the board. That is not what the FI has done this weekend. And again, I'm highly disappointed in the job that they've done. I think people are going to ask a lot of questions and I hope Michael Massey was the head of the FIA. I, I really hope he's answer he's ready to answer those questions because Uh, there's going to be some tough calls that are going to be made because you cannot continue applying one set of rule books, one set of rules from the rule book for one team, and then a completely different sets of rules from your rule book for another driver. You, You just cannot do that. And so, like I said, I think the FI has a lot to answer to. But uh, needless to say, with with the uh, couple of more turns that comes up, uh, 
On the third attempt, Hamilton uses his DRS. He engages in that and he overtakes. He's finally able to overtake Max. And I believe actually at some point Max came on the radio to his team and he was basically just like, listen, there's nothing I can do. Uh, you know, there's, I've tried, um, I have moved, I have tried to close the corner. There isn't anything I can do was basically um, Max's message, not in those exact words, but just, you know, that was his message to his team. Now, interestingly, so the FIA dropped this meaningless uh, kind of, you know, black flag to Verstappen for uh, basically weaving uh, under braking. Now, if you ask me, that is so it's just nonsense. It's really BS. You you are now regretting the decision you made earlier. So you do a slap on the wrist. You know he hasn't um, uh, he hasn't followed the rules. You know of weaving under defense. So we're gonna we're gonna you know add this punishment on him. It's it's just. It doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't make up for anything. But I really, truly feel the FI has a lot of questions to answer. And uh, a lot of people are going to look at them a certain way. Because if you're not going to enforce rules on me, their thinking is, well, okay. Well, you you know, you're going to have to enforce the rules on somebody else. That's the way it works. So, yeah, that... Um, I believe those are kind of the main elements of this weekend from the Sao Paulo uh, Brazilian GP. Another thing that was wonderful is once Lewis Hamilton made the move stake and he came in first, you got to give a big kudos to Botas who came in third. Max Verstappen, he came in second. So in a way, if you look at it, he's still not that far off. And then if you look at down the line, you know, the, the Ferrari team, just like the sprint race, they had another positive weekend and they're really kind of putting in a gap in the Constructors' Cup over McLaren. Uh, the last time I checked after this race, I think they may have possibly extended their lead over 30 points in the, uh, in the Constructors' Cup um, above, that is 30 points above McLaren. So... They are now, you know, of course, we don't know what's going to happen in the remaining races, but uh, Ferrari have definitely made it very difficult um, for McLaren to come back. Now, down the order, I mentioned to you guys uh, Gasly and AlphaTauri, so they had a real good race. So, unfortunately for Alpine, in the Constructors' Cup, thanks to a lot of the brave driving that Gasly, uh, Gasly has done, they are now equaling points. Uh, believe it or not, guys, I mean, that is an AlphaTauri, a B team, is now equal in points with uh, Alpine, which is a constructor. So um, that's a major, major thing, guys. That That's a really big thing. Alpine definitely needs to do some improvement. But more, import- more importantly, as we're concluding this race review, for episode 16, one of the things to keep in mind is, so this was such an emphatic, um, an amazing race by Lewis Hamilton, you know, to keep your head down this weekend when you have 
just different things thrown at you by the FI. You're talking about the disqualification. You're already facing a, a grid penalty because of your engine. You just absolutely, absolutely have to give it to Lewis Hamilton in, in this fantastic drive that he did. But you also have to give the team um, an incredible bow just to respond in the way that they did this. It, it would have been really easy to keep your head down. You have everything going against you. Um, the F the FIA not, not ruling, um, not ruling fairly like they should for other teams going against you in those decisions, disqualifying your star driver, uh, because of, you know, a message that came from Red Bull. Of course, we understand the scrutinizing side of everything by the FIA, but you combine all those elements. And I've, I've mentioned before, it would have been very discouraging for most drivers, probably 99% who would have thought, man, why is, why is everybody against me? Why is the FIA against me? But that's not what Lewis Hamilton did. That's not what Mercedes did. They took everything on the chin. They they put their heads down. They put their visor down, and including Botas, they 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 delivered an incredible uh, race weekend. So now in the constructors, uh, Mercedes after this weekend have an 11 point lead. Uh, Verstappen's lead in the drivers' championship is now has been reduced to 14 points. Now, keep in mind, when we came in into this race, Verstappen had quite a bit of lead, but um, they are. it is now down to 14 points. So this championship has now become more um, open again. Uh, you have the upcoming tra- tracks that are coming in that may possibly actually suit Mercedes. And Again, we we never know what's going to happen, but if you look at the form book and the speed that Mercedes had, if that carries over, um, we are we are thinking and talking about a very competitive championship. So it was uh, just race wise, no matter which team you supported, this was an amazing weekend of watching a team and a driver um, just overcome adversity left and right. So. We were treated to a heck of a weekend. So, uh, you know, of course, I mentioned there were parts that, you know, um, were clear breaches. And a lot of F1 fans are going to be asking the question today. And uh, the FIA are really, really going to be they're going to have to answer some very, very tough questions on the decisions they made over the weekend. And a lot of people are going to look at them sideways. And this is not good for the sport. So. I don't know what they're going to do or how they're going to respond, but let's see how that goes. Okay, you you guys have a great weekend from wherever in the globe you're listening to, and I'll talk to you soon.